Open your ears and lower your expectations. There's a new podcast sweeping a very small portion of the nation. Listen now, listen fast, because this episode may be their last. He's Sean, he's Chris, you should listen to this. It's an hour you'll never get back. On SoundCloud, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Honorado and Sean Bagnardi. Stories from a man who uh, worked from the bottom all the way up to the top in Hollywood. Uh, What is it like to be an innovator, a founder of a well-known organization in Hollywood? We will talk to him on this podcast. Just happens to be my uncle. What what happens when we run out of relatives? When we run out of relatives, Relatives, what do we do with this show? I think we're out after today. (laughs) This is it. Yeah, uncles. Yep. Okay. Good. Hey, by the way, yeah. Does does that any of the uh, part of that song offend you now at this point? We've gone on for a little while. Kate really takes some digs at us. Are you saying that we need a new song? No. 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 That song will will continue. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you're offended in any way. That she's selling us so short. Nope. Okay, good. Yeah. She's got, she nails it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to my uncle here coming up uh, about um, you know his move from New York to L.A., uh, being an NBC page way back in the day, um, and the, de- the relationships he's developed with actors, actresses, writers, directors in L.A. He's got some good stories to I'm share. I'm looking forward to that. I want to yeah. ask you a question. All right. Okay. Uh, now, today you'll notice no hair product. Right. Sure. Pretty much rolled out of bed to come here yep. and do this thing. Yep. Okay. Okay. Even though I didn't, I was just so busy, didn't have time to deal with it. Do you feel like now you've seen me for a long time with the product? Now I look significantly different without it. Do you feel like uh, if you no couldn't have hair product? Oh yeah. Okay. What? Ever use it again? Yeah. That you could still. I'd have to cut my hair shorter. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You think you could be. As appealing to women. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I think I think more women would say they'd prefer a guy not really use too much hair product. Do you use too much? I really don't, honestly. Uh, I just need a little bit. Those curls are natural. They're na- they are natural. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. And so's the color. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we have news. Yeah. A- how many times have we talked about this just on the podcast? We've only started this, what, three months ago or so. Yeah. And we've talked about mass shootings at least three, four times now. Right. And, of we course, we're talking TV about... News yep. 1, 2, yep. which um, that dominated headlines. Yeah. Shooting. California. In San Bernardino, um, a married couple. Mm-hmm. And 14 people dead, 21 injured. Yep. Ties to ISIS? Yes. Yeah. Ins- oh, well, ISIS inspired, at yes. the very least. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, you know what's I know it's become such a frequent occurrence now, but I will never get to the point where I say, okay, I just can't talk about it anymore. 
Right. I mean, once you stop talking about it or thinking about it, you've basically given up and said it's going to happen. We can't do anything about it. I mean, I, I just I won't I won't grow tired of talking about it and 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 letting a, whoever's voice be heard on it. Right. Uh, yeah. But what but it, I agree with you. But at the same You're gonna time, say, what can you do? Right. Nothing. There's nothing. I can't believe that. I, I won't believe that. You ha- there has to be something that can be done to limit these actions. And people are going to say, well, guns have been around forever, and it didn't used to be like this. Well, maybe that's true, but polio used to be around also, and that used to kill people. Yeah, but the biggest problem with any kind of gun legislation, and, okay, in this case in California, he he bought some of those guns legally, okay? Sure. yeah. But the most you can do with gun legislation is prevent people from getting their hands on guns legally. But th- you can still get them illegally, and most of the time, that's how people get them anyway. Right. No I mean, question. What can but, you do? The uh, guns are out there. The guns are I, so, I get that. But I guess, okay, the greater question is why? Why is this happening? Why, are pe- why do people find the simplest to sol- solution to their problems to be to shoot people? Why, is that, why are, are now people so quick to think, well, I, I disagree with these people, or we had this argument, and I'm angry, I'm just going to shoot them? Right. I mean, there's clearly a level of hostility that didn't exist. But that's not because of the guns. That's no. a separate issue, right? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, know, not, I'm not saying it's just one thing, but what I'm saying is the access to guns, the the hostility that yeah. has been created. Right. It's certainly too easy to get to get guns. Sure. But, you know, what's interesting is... When Paris happened, yep. immediately the response was, you know, in France and worldwide, something has to be done about ISIS. Yeah. Yeah. It happens here, and the response is, something has, has to be, be done, done about, about the guns, about the guns yeah. despite the ties to ISIS in this case, or the connection there. I think that's kind of interesting. But it's because it happens so much here, I guess. Right? Yes. And... And it's all it's all on the surface terrorism, right? But now this has a link to ISIS, or as you said, is at least ISIS inspired. But we haven't had many attacks domestically that have been ISIS inspired. No, right? Well, so, not not on this scale. For no, sure. I mean I, no, we're talking about church shootings, school shootings, yeah, right. that type of stuff. As opposed to what just happened in San Bernardino, California, where we now have a link back to ISIS. What I'm saying is, even though they've been domestic attacks, they're not always, you know, born, if you will, overseas. Right. That's true. Yeah, and and as defining it as terrorism or not, I think is kind of a moot point. It's all terrorists. That's I what I'm feel saying. Like Timothy McVeigh wasn't a yes. terrorist then, based on how you're going to define. So I don't know. That's I, I'm not sure why we have those distinctions but i guess it's more or less about tying it back to that terrorist organization mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. having you know the inspiration from them but i don't i just don't think there's anything there's nothing that you can do there's nothing that uh, congressmen and senators can sit in a room and, and talk about and come up with and and that will help okay let's, let's just take it to more background checks mm-hmm. maybe okay maybe that helps to some degree. But what would it even have prevented this one? I don't know. Because they would have said, well, th- we would have done a background check and 
uh, we would have found out that uh, him or his wife had, had been to Syria or something. What right. are you going to do? You can and, go wherever you want. Yeah. I can fly to Syria, and come that, back here, and you're, I can still buy a gun and legally. As you That's said, my right. And as you said, you so, can still obtain weapons illegally. Of course. So the background checks are not – I mean, that's if, – right. if people think that's the steel gate, right. it's not. No. And there are other th- – I mean, look – Su- it'll be suicide vests. It'll be right. pipe bombs. Oh, the, and, it'll and, be, and, and that was a part of what right. we saw in France, obviously. And it's like if this guy, who, who's inspired by ISIS, didn't didn't have the ability to get his hands on guns, it would have been that shit. And right. it would be 14 people or around there dead anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't see what you can do. Obviously, you have to try to do something or you're not doing your job. Yes. But it's always the immediate response is, well, if we're not doing something, then we're doing nothing. And they've the lawmakers feel like, well, we have to do something, mm-hmm. so let's just jump to the gun legislation. And that's that's fine, but I just don't know that that's really even going to help. But, yeah, you have to be trying to do something. Right. You have to. Right. No, and it, look, it's clear it's not just one thing. It's many things right. that we're dealing with here as to why people are just deciding that they have an argument, disagree with someone, don't like someone. I can just shoot them. Right. You know? Great. Okay, we are masters at this. Um, a very poor transition mm-hmm. to the rest of the podcast. Great. Yep. We have an email. It's titled Urgent. It's from Asa. Asa Stakel. Yep. Sure. Chris and Sean. Do you know any other Asas? I don't. You? But I like that name. Asa, me too. Asa Stakel. The palindrome. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Go yep. ahead. Continue. Uh, Chris not, and Sean. Not the whole name. Asa Stakel's not. Just Asa. <laughs> Please continue. God. Okay. Chris and Sean, long-time listener, first-time emailer. Can you be a long-time listener? Yet? I, I think so. We've achieved that? Well, I'll say yes because I think... You will say yes. I Just think, say yes. I think because it's been, it is such a painful process listening right. to this that it feels like it's been a longer time than it actually has. Right. One episode, that's a yeah. long time. Listener, People are adding up the time. hours. They're saying yeah. to us, you, you, it's 17 hours of our life or whatever it is. We're, we're almost at a full day is wow. what they keep saying. We're not. No. Long time listener, first time emailer. Let me first say this. Perfect. Beginning with your Detective Scott Earring episode, I think you guys are really starting to hit your stride. It's intriguing. Sean hasn't talked about religion as much. It's good stuff. Now, he's saying... You did. You went on a tangent. I did. I tore tore religion. You did. So he's saying that prior to the Scott Earring episode, we were a little... eh. Right. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I know. It's probably right. Right. In fact, over the Thanksgiving weekend, I was at my girlfriend's parents' house. Her brother's a big podcast listener and brought up some financial show he listened to. His girlfriend's brother is a big podcast, podcast listener. listener. Okay. Yeah. He says, as a co-worker, I felt obliged to sell him on your podcast. But then he asked what an hour you'll never get back was about. Mm. Stumped, I yep. thought for a second and did my best. I said something along the lines of, quote, it's a podcast about doing a podcast. And these two guys talk about what happened to them at a bar over the week. And then they bring in a guest who talks about Chris's hair and Chris talks about Florida Georgia Line. You know what, Asa? I don't, I don't like you so much. Okay, He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yep. It wasn't the best sell, and that's my fault. So I decided to evaluate your competition. I looked at the top podcasts in the country, according to iTunes. This is the stuff that's topping the charts. 1 through 14, the top 
14 podcasts in the country, so Sean. So if we can compete with these, yes. if we find a way to yes. get ourselves to this level, right. we're taking off. Exactly. All right. Shows from NPR. The top 14 podcasts in the country are all shows related to NPR from NPR. Why is that? I don't know. Is that interesting? NPR can be interesting. But not as interesting it's like as the PB- this. It's the PBS Come of radio. Right, you scroll yeah. through, you hit PBS. What do you do? You go to ESPN. Keep moving. Yeah. You keep moving. I know. I know. I you know. do the same thing with NPR. Yeah. All right. It's like C-SPAN. All yes. right. How about 40? Car Talk. Sure. <laughs> they stopped recording in 2012. One of the hosts is dead. Good. They're still number 40. That's what we need. We need one of our hosts to be dead. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Now you're on to something. Yeah. 44. Joel Osteen. Yep. Hmm. 53, The Art of Charm, Relationship, and Dating Advice. We're close to that. We're not. Okay. Do you think we could get Joel Osteen to come on this podcast uh, no. to set me straight on religion? Ooh, maybe. Maybe. If I could pitch it as like, look, I'm a man who clearly needs some help. Yep. You're a man who helps. Right. Mm. Bring him on. That's not bad. It's pretty bad. He wouldn't do You'll it. You'll tweet at he him. He could do it. I'll tweet at him. Because now with this phone technology, uh, despite we... Jeff Wernick thinking it sounds like shit. Does it? No, I think it sounds good. I hope your uncle sounds even better. Yeah. We'll find I out. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I did. Well, we will think it, it's okay. We haven't yeah. talked to him yet. Right. No, no, no. I mean, when we had Lang Whitaker on. Oh, right. Number, 53, uh, number 54, Bon Appetit podca- Foodcast. Sorry. Obviously, it's about food. How can... Uh, who wants to Somebody listen to... Somebody sits around for an hour and talks about food? I want to see the food. food. I want to see it. I want to eat it. I want to taste the food. Yeah, I want to smell it. Ah. 58, Grammar Girl. She talks about grammar. Are you kidding me? I mean, Chris. That's more entertaining than this? Well... All right. Yeah, don't. I'm just. I'm just asking. We don't want to compare. I'm just asking. Fifty nine. <laughs> Do they have a better title than us? Damn it. Fifty nine. Worst idea of all time podcast. Although Asa says they're two guys who review Grown Ups two weekly. Come on, that can't be. What does that even mean? I don't know. Okay. Uh, One forty seven. The Steve Austin Show Unleashed. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Guy hasn't wrestled in no. 10 years. No, I mean, I what are we doing? Yeah. He, he says hopeful and half moon, ace of stakeful. Ace of stakeful. He thinks, he thinks we should have a shot at some of those. Now, of these top shows, all, all those you just read yeah. have thousands of listeners. Yes. Thousands and thousands. Yes. We have tens. What are they we have tens doing of that we're not? There's a promotional Marketing. factor there. Yeah, that you think we, so? Yes, has to be. Has to be. Is there a promotional person we could bring on? I mean, the show is already about doing a show. We've talked about this, haven't we? Yes. Bring on an ad man. Yeah, that I, would be good. You know, my problem is I forget what we talk about on the podcast right. and off the podcast. Yeah, I know. It's not good. And we've only done this. This is episode, what, 15? 15. Yeah. We need help. We'll remember this conversation. My uncle, he's got great stories from his days, uh, currently still in Hollywood, from being a casting director to an agent to a talent manager. Can, can we hear from I, – I, like enough of you telling me what we're going to hear. Can we just hear from him now, please? Okay. Thanks. All right, Shawnee. This is always the best part of the show. 
when we can actually bring in a guest. Yes, a and, voice with some credibility in the world. <laughs> that yep. is. And we're, and we're finally finding some of those, aren't we? We are. Yeah. We're lucky, yeah. Uh, we, we didn't have to look too far to family members. Uh, we've had your uncle as a guest, and now we'll have one of my uncles as a guest. My uncle Al, and, and you know some of my family, Sean, and my uncle Al is actually a reasonable person, uh, mild-tempered, and we're not sure he's really, you know, part of the family because of that. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uncle Al, it's great to have you on from Los Angeles. How are you, man? It's nice talking to the, to the comedy team. Hello. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, so, as I, as I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, you, have, you have done it all in L.A. and even New York, going back to your NBC page days. Um, when did you know that being in the business, as they say, is something you wanted to do? Oh boy, uh, I I think I may have told uh, I may have told members of my family. I mean, I was such a nut for movies, for for uh, and I mean, I I can remember in my bedroom listening to the the Academy Awards on radio, uh, listening to, to to a show called uh, Lux Radio Theater uh, because I, I I was just fascinated by this business. Um, and uh, in school, in school, I wanted to be an athlete, but I was terrible. So, luckily, uh, th- this thing that uh, unfortunately runs yeah, in the family. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the lack of athleticism. <laughs> ask the medicine ball today at the gym. Yeah. Uh, so you, you can't ask my brother Ed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He he was a very very good baseball player in the minor leagues right. uh, with the Twins. Even um, so, you were an NBC page, I know. And then and this is no joke that you know. Shortly after the Dodgers left Brooklyn for Los Angeles, you followed behind. I'll tell you how it happened. I was in the army. I had been. I was one of those people who was old enough to have been drafted, and I was in the army in Colorado, and I was watching a baseball game in in the army and, and uh, coming from Colorado, and they were there with the Dodgers, and I said, "That's where they are." <laughs> And so I mean, they said the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they hadn't gotten completely here yet. So, but then I said, well, that's where I got to go, because uh, uh, luckily for me, in one time in my life, my father actually took me from New, New Jersey to one game at the Evans Field in Brooklyn. Uh, so it, it was time to it was time for me to really take seriously coming to California. Um, I, 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 you know, without making it, this is your life. A friend of mine had said to me, "You always say you want to go to California. Well, I've got a job out there. I'm I'm going to drive out there if you want to share the expensive uh, gas." So I said, "Sure." So I, I we, we 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 drove drove across the country, came out here, and the first thing he did was call to see about his job. And he said, "Well, we got good news and bad news. The good news is you still got a job, but the job is now back in New York. So you got to turn around and drive yeah. back to New York." Great. Thanks. <laughs> Now, Sean, as you can imagine, um, given my uncle's background and experiences, when he comes to the East Coast for Christmas or whatever events, we just pepper him with annoying questions about actors, singers. Are you telling me this because we're about to do that? That's exactly what we're about to do. I was detecting something. So, what I mean is, he's prepared. Okay, well, I want to ask one question first. Uh, In the backstory, you said you were inspired by movies, you were a movie nut when you were younger. Like Absolutely. what? Were, were there any that stood out in particular? What was your favorite movie growing up or favorite actor who you followed? Oh, boy. Um, 
we had two theaters in Hackensack, New Jersey, where I was raised. Actually, we had three theaters. Um, we had two theaters, the, the Fox and the Oritani Theater, uh, was three, two of the big theaters. Um, um, you know, one of my favorite movies all my life, and it was, I remember seeing it when I was a kid, was It's a Wonderful Life. Hmm, wow. And so I, I remember being, being watched, sitting and watching that movie and feeling very uh, nostalgic whenever I hear about it. It's a Wonderful Life. So that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, that's cool. a, that's a good one. Okay, Uncle Al, what's uh, because we we get a chance to when you're not around to brag on you, but now that we have you on the phone, we'll do that as well. You have had a a heavy influence in a lot of actors and actresses and singers and and playwrights' success uh, through your time there. And and there's one story you and I have never even discussed, which I'll we'll get to as well, and that's the Casting Society of America. But first. I need you to tell this story about Sunset Boulevard and George Clooney. <laughs> uh, the story is, Sean, what, the reason she's telling you that is because uh, one of the actors who we, we followed in casting a lot, uh, and it was brought in because we liked him a lot, and because he was really a, a good guy and was very good. So one of the guys was George Clooney. George Clooney, when I was in Columbia, when I was at, uh, at Screen Gems, he would come in and read uh, auditions for us a lot. Um, and then there was this one day, uh, actually two days with him. One, one was I'm driving down Sunset Boulevard, and behind me is some, somebody beeping at me. So I said, Who the? And, turn, and I look up in the memory mirror, and there it's George Clooney. He said, Pull over, pull over, pull over. So I pulled over, um, and he had just gotten this, uh, this, um, uh, uh, Wrangler that he wanted to shoot show me. See what I was all those times you had me auditioning for things. Was now uh, was this when he was on ER? What was he doing at the time? Yeah, he hadn't gone on ER yet. He was still he was still before ER. Okay. Oh uh, wow. So more was he more, like more character acting at that point, right? He was actually, you know, after he was always he was always uh, bordering being the second banana. He was always somebody else's friend in the show. Um, but luckily for him. Um, there was this one time, and, and, and the, along came this, this medical show called <laughs> ER, yeah. um, and that uh, became real successful. There were two show, two medical shows going on at the same time in television at that time. There was another called Chicago Hope, hmm. uh, which didn't last, but ER did last for a long time, obviously. Clooney's done okay. Story about, yeah, he's the top uh, banana now, yeah. for sure. It was, it was, there was a neat thing about him, too, was that we, we, we had a client, when I was in casting, we had a client who actually did, a young girl who actually did the show ER, and every so often you, you go visit the sets when they're, when, they're, when they're actually on the show. We went to see the show, and there he was outside, basically playing basketball, just, just throwing hoops. He was famous for that, right? He would always have like a basketball hoop on set, right? That's exactly right, yeah. absolutely. Um, and one of the things he said to me, he said, did you see the Christmas show? And I said, uh, no, I didn't see the Christmas show. He said, it's too bad. He said, my, my aunt, uh, Rosemary was, was kind of walking down one of the halls in, in, on the show singing White Christmas. Yeah. I said, oh, right. You know, Rosemary Clooney was his aunt, so that yeah. was a big deal for him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a good uh, thing your uncle doesn't have the road rage that we have because oh we'd, so we'd be beeping at, we'd be like, we'd be like flipping him off out the window, like go around, you jerk, and oh, sorry, George, yeah, sorry my about bad. that. Yeah, yeah. whoops, um, uh, Uncle Al. I know. Uh, I, I want to ask you certainly about uh, your relationship with Betty White, but as you know, 
a good tease is always hard to resist. So we're going to save that for a second. You are also part of this thing called the IMTAs. And it happens, exactly right. correct me if I'm wrong, uh, twice a year, one in Los Angeles, one in New York, the International Model and Talent Agency. And, 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 and I don't know if it's a search or it's a showcase or what, but uh, one of the more famous people, I guess, to come out of it, uh, who you signed early on was Katie Holmes. How did that happen? Well, I mean, the IMTA, as Chris said, is the International Model and Talent Association, and it's a search, not a, not a showcase. But it, the showcase part of it is that they do, you know, they do, they, they go to this thing, act, uh, actors and models and wannabes who, who go to the, the, the convention twice a year, once in Chicago, once in, once in Los Angeles, once in New York, and they're there to try and get agents and managers interested in trying to uh, represent them to push them along. Um, and there was this one girl, 15-year-old girl we saw in New York, I actually saw her twice. She had gone to the IMTA. She came from Toledo, Ohio. Uh, she was with an agency in Toledo. She had gone to school and was about to graduate, but still wasn't still in high school. Um, and so she she did she did really well in the, in the competition that we saw her do. She uh, we said, you know, what, what's the story? Would you would you be interested in uh, in us talking to you about representation? And she loved the idea, so we did. We, we we got together with her and talked to. Her. You always talk to the parents too. You got to make sure that, that when you when you hire a client, you're hiring their parents as well to see indeed how they're going to react to what's going on. Um, and luckily for us, we uh, she she signed up with us and we uh, we started talking to her. And very soon and after the, that, she went on to Dawson's Creek, right? Well, if just before that, I mean, just I think I just want to be Yes, but yeah. what happened just prior to that was there was a movie they were casting called The Ice Storm, um, and um, I, I, I in, in this business you get every every day you get what they call the breakdowns, and one of them had a breakdown about this young girl who does a, a, a scene or two in the in the movie, and I said to this, I, I called casting and I said there's this girl we just met, she's very pretty and she says she, she, she I think. If, Completely green, but she was she did really well. Uh, and uh, they said, "Well, if you like her well enough, why don't you put her on tape, send the tape to us?" We, we put her on tape, send the tape to her to them, and they said, "We, we wanted to meet her in person." They met her in person, and, and then she got the job. So that was her first job. And then along comes this um, nighttime soap opera, somewhat called Dawson's Creek, where Warner Brothers was, was casting. And um, this thing is going on about, about this is your life, isn't it? Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, so when you see somebody like that, with that kind of talent, I imagine you encounter so many people, so many good-looking, talented people. Is there something that separates them that you kind of pick up on right away, like an intangible mm -hmm. that makes you say, you know what, maybe this person is different. Yeah, they're talented and attractive, just like the other nine people are standing next to you, but out of these ten, I think there's something different about that person. It's always, for me, it's always the personality. Uh, I go I go a lot of it on instinct with people, and, and just in life in general, but indeed with actors and actresses, if there's somebody indeed who just shows that he or she is... Uh, pretty adamant about wanting to do this and is willing to, to listen to, to to us tell her what he or she has to do. Um, and in her case, we told her she has to finish school hmm. um, and we will uh, deal with her 2,000 miles away. 
And then the, the other thing is, is indeed, are the parents behind? Are the parents going to be, are they going to be supportive and not just, you know, not just think that they're going to take over to be managers? And that sometimes does happen, which generally falls flat because uh, then, then, the, then the poor actor or actress uh, gets, gets, uh, gets, gets, gets nowhere fast. Yeah. And, uh, Uncle Al, this will segue a little bit to my next question, but I know you're still, you know, close with her. I, I know you still are close with her parents, and so you, throughout this you develop real personal relationships with, with these people. T- can you tell us the story about how you became what you're now very good friends uh, with Betty White? You were at her 90th birthday party, and I think you, you're, you're with uh, her at her party coming up now to celebrate. I won't give out her age now. Um, but but can you tell us the story about how you met Betty White and how you guys forged the, the tight relationship you have now? Um, I, uh, going back a little ways, uh, quite a ways actually, was <laughs> a show used to come out here called Password. Yeah. It used to come out here to film and tape in Los Angeles. It, it, it was from New York originally and it still was. But every so often, twice, twice a year, you had to come out here and, uh, do it and, and audition the, the show here, but because they can have other celebrities to work and in that, and obviously uh, she loved game shows. Not that I ever met her, but she was she was always there. And then about boy, maybe ten years after that, uh, a friend of mine who had represented her at William Morris and said, "We're gonna. How would you like to go to dinner with, with Betty White and myself?" And I said, "Oh, that'd be fun, sure." <laughs> so we did. Uh, she was just. What you see with her is what you get. She just thinks she is the luckiest person in the world as far as being in this business. She started it so many, 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 many years ago here in Los Angeles. She actually did a a talk show five days a week, six hours a day uh, on one one of the uh, local stations here. Um, but she, but she loved to talk about the, the business, and I loved it. And to, to do the same thing I'm doing with you guys, yeah. I would love to talk to her about the business. Um, mm-hmm. And luckily, there were, there were always, you know, she knew everybody. She had, you know, she she did that she did that commercial with uh, with George Burns. She knew Fred Astaire. She knew everybody in the world. Um, and I, uh, me, was such a movie nut, and like, but anyway, it was, it was always great to talk about, and. She and I used to get together every once and to dinner, maybe maybe every couple of two or three months, and we did finally. And then uh, my friend uh, he actually passed away, and in the meantime, uh, Taylor took over that his spot, uh, and so she and I we got to be even better friends. Um, and so that's only been going on for almost. 20 years maybe and that's gotta uh, be the most annoying thing you encounter because everyone I know Uncle Al who, who meets you will always say I, I want to meet Betty White I have a friend of mine who's really pissed at me because um, I, I want to because I think she is such a special lady that on she was on a show uh, after she did um, uh, Golden Girls she did a show called Hot in Cleveland and I would go every Friday night just to, to be there and give you know be, be around, support her, and say you know uh, how, how how I thought the show went. Um, and that was that I did that believe it or not I did that for six years in a row. Mm. Uh, going every every Friday night to watch her and get ready to do her show. Uh, my 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 one of my best friends said, "I want to meet her. I want to meet her. I want to meet her." I, said, oh, I don't know. 
Um, so actually, what happened was uh, one night I said, "I said, man, okay, I'm Renee." So I, I, he, we, I, took, I took him to the show one night. You know, he was—he was all. He, he's one of the people who loves to take pictures. He loves the internet. He loves. Yeah, he's a selfie king, oh, as boy. we call them. Yeah. Oh, that's the truth. That's the truth. And so, you know, and then eventually, then I said, you know what? That's it. That's it. You're, you're such a <laughs> you know, this stuff. So that—that that was it with him. Uh, yeah, the thing I love about Betty White is that I mean, even to this day, and she doesn't do them as much anymore. But when she does like late night talk show appearances, like she can, she'll do anything. She'll go on and play beer pong with Jimmy Fallon. I mean, she just seems like the most genuine, yeah, funny person. And what I love is her like appearance. You you might think, especially now, like later in life. You know, like like a like a, just a sweet lady, but right. then she oh, can no. she can switch on the vulgar yeah, like that, right. right, and just have a dirty conversation. Wouldn't you say the true test of how far she's willing to go is if she would do this podcast? Ooh, well that's now we really we'd really be testing her limits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. I thought we <laughs> Yeah. You're just as bad as the guy who wants the picture. Of course, yeah, I am. no doubt. Yeah, well, you I, have to be. I'm worse because I'm family. I'm just, I'm supposed to respect the boundaries, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, Uncle Al, when we when I talked to you last week and we and we discussed you doing this podcast, um, I know you're also good friends with. And I told you this is this is my chance to brag on you here. You're, I know you're also good friends with Kevin Spacey. He did a was he do, he was doing a one man show in Las Vegas in Las Vegas. I think I recall that you went from New York around Christmas time. I want to say you left our house in in New Jersey and you went to Vegas. Is that true? And then how and how did your relationship with him develop? Um, Kevin Spacey was an actor that I met when he just graduated high school here in, in, in California. Uh, when I was. Columbia, and we had a day when we would see uh, young actors come in with prepared scenes, and he he was the, the, the partner of the person who was actually we were watching, hmm. but he's so much better than that person. I said, "Now who are you?" Hmm. And so he said, "You know, I, I, I go to school here. I'm graduating. I graduated. He said, I just graduated, um, but I'd like to stay here and audition for movies and television. But I have an opportunity to go to New York and, and go to Juilliard." And I said, "Kevin, I don't tell anybody." I've never told anybody this before. I said, but I'm telling you, you got to go to Juilliard. you got to learn what the craft of acting was all about. He said, you think so? I said, no, you have to go do it. So he did, took my advice, went to, went to New York, went to Juilliard, went to two for two years. Every so often, I, would, I get a call from him that, uh, well, why do you think I can start auditioning? So then, uh, when I would go back, I would visit New York a couple of times, you know, because Columbia, we had an office there that, we would meet new actors and young people who wanted to get into the business. And we'd go down the village somewhere to some hole in the wall that he was directing or casting in and being in a play. And then eventually um, he, uh, he he decided that it was time for him to start going out. So he started auditioning. He did. He got the he got to be real friendly with. with um, uh, with, with with the people in New York and casting people, um, and, and so doing it, um, he would then he wound up going to off Broadway and then on Broadway, um, and um, he, uh, he he then he then we, we then continued to stay in touch. But because I was in casting, had started an organization called the CSA. One of the regular uh, one of the regulations we made with the CSA was you could not be in casting, be a member of the CSA, and also be a personal manager. So 
it was a conflict of interest we felt. And so I so I wasn't able to even think about going into management with him because he was already I was already in casting and and not able to do that. So that's how we we kept in touch, and he just kept going, making movies and winning Academy Awards and, do, and doing what doing what he does. How much? Actually, he actually, his first time, the first time I met him, his real name uh, wasn't wasn't even Spacey. So, and, and there's, a, there's a story behind that that um, I'm not quite privy to it, but um, that that's uh, that, that's the Kevin Spacey story. Now, do we know what the name was? It was Fowler. Kevin, Kevin Fowler? Fowler. Kevin Fowler. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I was going to ask you what how how much of the business has changed in terms of. What, what you look for in an actor is it different now than it was 10 years ago different from when it was 20 years ago or is it is acting just acting and there are certain qualities that are the same throughout and that's it exactly the same things exist uh when you go when you go to watch a play when you go to watch a movie and the person the person in it if you can if you can lose that person's identity and still believe that you're watching somebody who is portraying the character or not in the movie, I think that that's a great situation if that can happen. There's no way, but you still go because there are certain people that you always you're always going to want to go see. Um, I mean, there's a movie out right now that I think um, Black Mass that I think uh, is going to really do well for its star. That's Johnny uh, Depp as Whitey yeah, Bulger, am I, I right? I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think probably he'll get a nomination. Mm. I don't know if he'll win, but. He certainly. When I went to see the movie, I forgot he was actually in the movie. He was. But you that know good. what has changed? Yeah. You say what has changed? What has changed? How many networks do we have now in comparison to what I started the business? Three networks: ABC, CBS, and NBC. And now there's maybe a hundred. Maybe not that many, but certainly close. There's so many, so many, much more that, that people are doing. And they're, they're making movies on their phones, for crying out loud. So, Uncle Al, you mentioned the CSA just kind of briefly there, and I, I alluded to it earlier. Um, when did you, and, and you don't know this, and, and when I found online, because again, you, you just, you're not someone who openly shares this stuff, and I don't blame you, um, but I saw on your IMDb page that you were one of three founders of, of the Casting Society of America, so anytime I go to a movie now, I at least make sure I stay through the credits oh, to see who, who the casting director uh, was. When did you start that, and why? We started it because just when I got when I started getting in, when I got into casting, uh, casting we never gave never really got never got the uh, the the, uh, the uh, celeb that that uh, they deserve and the uh, the, uh, the accolades that they deserve. So um, you, in fact, you you almost never saw on you never sometimes ever saw who who the casting people were. And then eventually, we uh, were able to talk to the people enough and got that going. But then we started, you know, uh, uh, my friend Mike Fenton called me and said, you know, we got to we got to talk about something. So we went, to, you know, we'll have lunch. So we were Joe and I, Joe Rich and Al and and I were going to act together, and we uh, talked about starting a, uh, a, a society or a or some kind of a club, I guess, for, for patting ourselves on the back for what we do. <laughs> And then, and then, and then you're credited, obviously, and you see CSA at uh, the end of every movie and and even TV shows of 
of um, casting directors. Two people you work really closely with now. Uh, one just recently won uh, an Academy Award, and that's Bobby Moresco. Um, he is a writer that is, has won the Oscar, um, and obviously two of the, the more well-known films, I guess he's been a part of, uh, Million Dollar Baby and Crash. Um, what is it about, I guess, his writing, Uncle Al, that, that you think makes him so successful? There, it, it, one of the things, thank goodness, that Bobby and I agree on, and he, one of the things, that when he goes to a movie, what is the story? What is the story interesting? Is it something that, does it hold your interest? Are you compelled to want to go on here and look and read more? So, I gotta tell you, the story, the stories that he makes up are, a lot of them are based on his, his background. His yeah. background is, is where he comes from, from Hell's Kitchen in New York, um, and the fact that, uh, uh, he was almost ashamed to, to to go to go to an acting class because because the people that he worked with would have would have laughed at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he uh, he, uh, he forged ahead and continued working. He eventually did do a lot of acting, but then along the way he realized what actors can do is that they have a lot of downtime. And so in addition, when he was not working on doing what he was doing. Um, at night, he was writing every night, and he's, he's, that's, that's who he still is. He still writes something every day. Uh, but th- that his stuff are so it's so compelling because it's it's honest, it's real, it's gritty most of the time. Yep. Um, and it's it's it, what makes uh, what makes the world around him for a lot. And one of your clients now is an actor named Sean Murray, and he is on, how is this show still number one? I mean, it's still the number one show on TV for how many years? And I'm talking about NCIS. Uh, what What is it about this show that has made it success so Do you long-standing? Watch it? Do you watch it? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, don't get me wrong, but wouldn't you think at some point, right, there's a turnover in terms of a show that takes the number one spot? I suppose so. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> well, in, in saying number one in television, it's the number one show, no, number one watch show in the world. It's unbelievable. That, it truly is astounding. It's been on for 13 years now. Um, there was a spinoff from JAG originally. Um, and uh, the star of the show, who, who is still on it, is, is Mark Harmon. Mark he, Harmon. he wasn't yeah. a bad quarterback either. Yeah. No, he's good. <laughs> he can play a little football, too. Oh my God! His father was 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 a great football player, but he also was a great great reporter here in Los Angeles. Uh, Tom Harmon was was well known and well loved out here in Los Angeles. Um, and and it turned out that Mark Harmon's mother uh, was also a, mm. an actress, and so that you know that was part of their within his blood from the beginning. But he truly is one of the great guys in the world. Uh, of, of the show business, but just in life in general. Who, who, I like the uh, the other guy in that show too, who was in the yes. Man from Uncle TV yeah. show in the '60s. He's been around a long time too. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Uh, Ian McCall. Yeah, Ian yeah. McCall. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. Hey, Uncle, who is your favorite actor to watch today? Now I'm asking oh, you to pick boy. favorites. I know it's tough. Hmm. Wow. Like if uh, if if this if this actor or actress comes out with a movie, you have to see it. Like for you me, know what's interesting. Yeah, a guy, a guy that I I went to see in Elephant Man when I was on on Broadway this past year. Bradley Cooper. Mm. Bradley Cooper can do, I think, so many different things. Um, you know, 
you know, that day's good looking doesn't hurt. Yeah, um, <laughs> never does. <laughs> and but, and the fact that he is as versatile as he is for me is, he, I I just saw that I saw the trailer today or something that he actually didn't even know was coming out, and he's uh, he's coming out in another movie around Christmas time called Joy. Um, he, he he just excuse me. Uh, Joy, right? Oh, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I mean the man, but I, when I saw him, the, the Element Man, I said, "Now that takes guts to mm. get up there and do, do what he's doing." And um, anyway, if you ask me, I guess right now he's the one who I say I, I got to go see what he's doing. Okay. I, 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 um, I, I went to see the, the movie he did about the cooking, about being the chef. Um, and so it, it, I think I think he's one of the interesting ones out there. The, the, you know, the, the, the guy who, you know, who, who, who we all revered when we were growing up, at least when I grew up, who was the, the, the actors to watch was Brando and, and James Dean. Mm. They, were, they, were the, they were the people that, uh, you, 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 uh, you're talking to me, uh, yeah, I'm talking to you, yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> it, it, it's, all, it's, uh, it's those kind of guys who actually compelled us to have to go to the movies. How do you think the business changes over the next couple of decades? I think it was, I think somebody, maybe even as high profile as Spielberg or George Lucas, maybe Spielberg, I think, who said, you know, going to the movies is going to be more about event viewing now because so many people have so many different options at home and you have streaming and you mm -hmm. have downloads and maybe the whole going to the movie experience will change. Do you see any of that or how do you think just in general, you know, what's going to be different 20 years from now? One thing about Spielberg, one of one of the main things I love about Spielberg is he dictates when his movie's being shown somewhere. He's not he's not there to show advertisements. He's there to show the movie. Um, and the fact that when you go to a movie now, you're actually you're actually seeing what well, what cars are they selling and what uh, what soap right. operas yeah. and what soap powder is going on. Um, but so he he absolutely abhors having that done where any theater that he lets his movies be seen. But what's going to happen in 20 years is probably going to be, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I wish, I wish we, we, we'd get back to more. Television used to be, I'm strictly talking about television. Television used to be I Love Lucy, Carol Burnett, <laughs> and people like uh, Dick Van Dyke, people like that who did comedies. And for some reason, along, it's really gotten away from any of those shows being able to get on the air anymore. Uh, if it's if it's not some if it's not somebody showing they're taking their taking their clothes off so we can see what their <laughs> rear end looks like or or what they or what uh, what their front end looks like. It's, it's, a, it's actually too, and and the and the dial language. It's so it's so sad that uh, people forget that we have a, a great language that we can. Right, and that, oh, that's the wonderful thing I love about Bobby Numeresco is I've said to him, you know what, you are truly one of the people who, thank goodness, can write a script and does, it would not be embarrassed to show your daughter, your mm. your, your children, or anybody, because it, it's not just a bunch of four-letter words to say indeed how you can shock the people as much as possible. Yeah, and Crash and Million Dollar Baby are, I mean, they're they are great sure. stories, yeah. Okay, right. Uncle Al, we will finally let you off the hook here. Um, we, we end every episode with what are you watching, what are you reading, what are you listening to? Give He's us, the best guy to ask for uh, this. Exactly. Yeah. Give us a little taste of, of what's good out there. 
Oh boy! First, first reading. I really read a lot of scripts because that's what that's the in the business to do. As far as reading, uh, I I I try to read I try to read uh, reviews of, of books, and then at least if whenever I'm on a plane or have some time to to do so, I'll, I'll try and pick up the book as well. Um, as far as uh, shows on television, one of my favorite shows now is oh, and I hate to tell you this out, and, uh, <laughs> of course, is The Voice. I like oh, to watch it. okay. It's because the, the, the people are so young on that show. It's just astounding how how good they are, mm. and they're fifteen and sixteen years old, and they're and they're already performing and and ready to do it, you know, for the public. Um, and what's the what's uh, the best movie you've seen this year? Oh, I've got a couple of them. Um, Sean is big on I, Creed. I went, to, I, went to, I went to see um, the the boxing movie last night. Creed. Yes. And? Did you like it? I thought it was terrific. Sean, Sean has seen it. He loves I've it. I've been raving about this movie. I think I saw, I just said to Chris and his roommate who was here a little while ago, I saw a dozen movies this year probably, and, and that one I saw just yesterday was my favorite. Mm. It really was. It was terrific. Um, and it was terrific because Sly was was an older Sly, but he was he, at least he still had a sense of humor, which, you know, hmm. Sly was... Thought so I was it'll always be Rocky, and he said, you know, that's what I would always love to be. But he, it, the movie itself is just—it's wonderful to watch, and it's two, it's almost—they said two hours and twenty-five minutes, so it's a long movie. But it's really, it's really a good movie. And and what are we listening to? So I guess when you're driving around uh, and you're sitting in five hours of Los Angeles traffic, Uncle Al, on the four hundred five or the one hundred one, what uh, what is the music of choice? You know, the sad choice. You know, I'm inside mean, with. Not listening to the music. I'm listening to sports shows on television on, oh, on radio. Okay. Um, uh, when when Ben Scully is, is, is announcing the Dodgers, sure. um, that, nothing could make me happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so not big on the music right now, but I know not uh, really. No. And and it, this and is. I mean, that's part of the, the part of that is is that. It, Understanding lyrics anymore. Is it, is it, yeah. <laughs> so there's no Justin Bieber going on in your car. There's nothing <laughs> anything like no no podcasts, no podcasts either, huh? Yeah, that's um, okay. So you know, you know, the interesting thing about this about this world of music is that every so often there's another one who pops up who who uh, looks good or who, who sounds good, and, and and you know Adele. I mean, mm. Who, who knew that she was? They thought she was just an overweight, pretty blonde girl mm-hmm. who could maybe sing, and she does. She's fabulous. Oh yeah, she's yeah. Great. She's yeah. just going now. She's I terrific. Think, yeah. yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Uncle Al, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate. it. I think the the stories are fascinating, and and I know you you carry the same burden I do, and that is being the most successful of your siblings. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy, duck and cover now, and Kevin hears this. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Everything informative, great stuff. Uh, yeah. Couldn't appreciate it anymore. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. John, uh, it's good to meet you. Uh, it's always some, someday, hopefully, we'll have to see each other in face to face someplace. Exactly. I'd, I'd love to. Love you, buddy. Well, I and look uh, forward to the next time. And uh, I'll see you over Christmas. You indeed will. Thank okay. you, sir. All right, Sean, what are you watching, reading, listening to? Tell you what I watched. Yeah, Creed. Oh boy, this is. You, I know you said it. Big praise. Yeah, you said me. it. Uncle Al loved it. You loved it. <clears throat> yeah, 
best movie of the year, I thought. I've seen wow. 12 movies. Um, probably 12 in the theater this year. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's the best one right. that I saw. Yeah. I know we talked about I didn't see Bridge of Spies and uh, Martian, but I, I don't know. You would love this movie. You got to go see it. Oh, I'm going to. All no right. doubt about it. Uh, what I'm also watching yeah. right now are the first six Star Wars movies. My goal is you to are. watch them. Okay. From Star- I've seen them, obviously, but right. to watch them again uh, leading into the new movie, which comes out the 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I've completed so far, uh, the prequels. Okay. I, the prequels, which are the Harrison Ford ones? No. Or the, okay. The prequels. See, it's just all so confusing It's for not me. that okay. confusing. Okay. Um, they started, the idea of Star Wars was to be like a movie serial. So you're familiar with those. In the, boy, er, I mean, I'll say the 30s, 40s, okay. whatever. You could go to the theater, and you would spend all day at the theater. It was a nickel to get in or whatever, and you would spend all day, and they would have, like, a newsreel. They would have, like, a cartoon. They would have a movie serial that would be, like, once a week, they would have a different chapter of this serial. Gotcha. Like, stuff like Flash Gordon and that kind of thing where you would see, like, 15 minutes, and then, you know, eventually you have your feature film. Okay. Well, the inspiration there of Star Wars was to be, in, in, when it came out in 70-whatever, was to be this uh, kind of space drama, movie serial, Flash Gordon type of thing that's just, you're jumping right into the action. Okay. So this is episode four, is what they decide. You're now jumping in, not even at that point thinking there would be a five, six, right. one, two, and three, right. just you're kind of jumping in. Okay. Yeah. Movie's a big hit, obviously. Mm-hmm. They want to do the next one, so they did five, and then eventually six. Okay. And then that was it for a long time. And then in the 90s, uh, George Lucas decided, well, he decided long before that, I think. I mean, he had the idea for what would ultimately be nine. Uh, but he wants to go back and do the prequels, one, two, three. So that that was the crap that we got in the 90s yep. and early 2000s. Not good. You like those? You don't like them? You're rewatching them. You don't like them? You're rewatching them? Yep. Okay. Um, no, there are significant issues with all of those movies. Okay. Particularly the first one. And you are listening and reading to? I am... Yes. No, I don't want to get in-depth on what the issues are. You're right. <laughs> no, I don't either. I don't either. But what I was just going to finish on that okay. was that I'm now looking forward to getting, moving past that garbage and getting into... These will be better? No, what I'm saying is into getting into oh, four, five, and six, going now to watch Will the, the originals again. Will the be better? Yes. Okay. Better than the prequels. Okay. I don't know that they'll be better than it's the originals. J.J. Abrams, which you right. taught me, means there will be a lot of what? Lens flares. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, although I hope his hyper-awareness of that now might scale back a little. Yeah. Probably not. He does it on purpose, so he's always aware of it. But right. Never mind. Yep. Um, boy. I really focused on the watching this week. Um, I'm I'm totally all about listening to the Christmas music. I know I said it last yeah. podcast, but this is just who What's I am now. What's your favorite Christmas song? It's Ariana Grande. No, it's not. I'm kidding. It's not. I just wanted to see your face because that's a good thing to do on a podcast when nobody else can see it. <laughs> uh, no, you made the big case last week about how it's got Bill Murray, Carrie's got. I don't know. Okay, where do you where do you fall on the little drummer boy? 
was my favorite song as a kid, and, and I still love it. Did we talk about this? No. Okay, good. Still love it. Really? Yes. Still one of my... I mean, the Mariah Carey song just has kind of dominated, mm. and it, it almost forces itself to become yeah. your favorite. Little Drummer Boy is a great song. You like the barumpa bum bum I do. <laughs> okay. Who There's doesn't? nothing wrong with that, you know. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad. Okay. Uh, another good one... Um, uh, All right. What are you reading? I like... <laughs> Okay, the hell with Christmas. <laughs> I had God. one that I was gonna go with, but to hell with it. Uh, How do you feel about like when in sync when they do Christmas music? Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays is a popular one. You realize in sync is done. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. They don't like but One Direction. Like, are they doing Christmas music? I don't know. They could. Yeah, I guess. Did Bieber they? did Bieber probably. But he did. Everybody does. He Christmas did something music. with Mariah Carey at one point, yeah. I think. But yeah, did you think he ever? Think they ever? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. We should have asked Uncle She's... Al. Would he know? Is he that connected? Is he connected on, on that level to, like, the... Well, the gossip the real dirt, part of things? The dirt. I don't think he cares he doesn't to care. be connected he doesn't seem on to that level. No. no. Why would he care? No. He's better than that. Yes. We're not. No. Uh... That's it. Okay. I'm, I'm listening to that. I'm reading. I'm still reading that, that one, uh book slash magazine that I told you about with all the real life spy stuff and it's pretty cool so cool. I'm still working through that. Good. I will keep this under two minutes. <laughs> Great. Uh, I am, I, what am I watching? I'm, I'm going to see Creed. I will do it. I said it. I promised Uncle Al I'd see it. I, I'm promising I will, I will see it. I will watch I will go see Creed. Yep. Um, I have a homework assignment for the two of us. Okay. Something you have to watch and it's what I'm listening to. We haven't done this though. We haven't done well on stuff that we've wanted to We're each- really going to try. Okay. It'll become a New Year's resolution. Okay. All right. Something you should watch and it's what I'm listening to. It's Justin Timberlake's new song called Drink You Away. Heard it. He performs it. Have you seen this though? He performed it at the CMAs with Chris Stapleton. That's where I first heard it. You saw it. So it on you the, watched it on the YouTube. Uh, excuse me. I've been trying to get you to watch a Justin Timberlake country song for months. Well, I was going to trade you one for one. <laughs> okay. I will watch what you've been hounding me to watch if right. you watch this, but you've seen it already. And you have too, and it's great. It's incredible. Yeah. So if you if you like the song, listen to the song, and then go back and watch this performance because I think Chris Stapleton is really good. I had no idea who the hell this guy was, and and he's incredible. Yeah, I had only heard the name, but he's, never seen him. Man, he's really good. So that's that's what I'm listening to. Um, what am I reading, you asked? Time just had an exclusive interview and article with Tiger Woods, mm. which is very revealing. Uh, get into the depths of his personal life. Um, and talks a lot about his father and his, obviously, relationship with now ex-wife Elin. Will he ever win another major tournament? No. He'll never win a major? No. Another major? No. Hmm. That's And, nice. and you, you will ask 100 people, and 90 of them will say he could. Well, shut up. Of course he could. Will he or won't he? I say no, he won't. If I had to put significant money on yes or no, I'd put it on no. Hmm. Hard to argue when you when you look at him now. I, don't you feel like too? In general, the field is a little bit stronger. Absolutely. Than in the last yeah, ten I years, mean, what he was doing in the '90s and even early 2000s, out driving the rest of the field. There are ten guys now who play like that. Yeah, I mean, but, not to his level of domination, right? But just to that strength. 
fact that he can't out-hit them anymore, and his short game isn't good enough. No, but, yeah, but it, I think it, him in his prime, I think you could take any field you want, and he's still winning most of those tournaments he well, won. Well, well that's, right, that's I mean, always that's the great debate in any sport, though, is that it, it makes it impossible to really yeah, but golf compare is easier legacy, to. Uh, compare uh, eras. Yeah, but go- why not golf? I mean, I don't they're playing know, I on wonder. the same course. They're playing. Uh, okay. They're, the, the game hasn't changed in, in that sense. No. Like in other sports, so like you're everybody's saying, taller in you're basketball. Everybody, you know what I mean? Tiger, Physically, everybody changes. Okay. Tiger 15 years ago against the, the guys we're seeing now, like Spieth and McElroy and Jason Day, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. I think those he's guys. still winning those tournaments he won. Maybe not every single one, okay. but most of them. I mean, he was blowing he guys was, out of but the But guys are going lower now in scores. I mean, you see guys winning, the major, winning majors, and they're going 20 under par. And they're shooting in the in the high and 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 uh, and mid sixties. So you think he would be? I'm just saying. How many? I don't know. Fewer is all I'm saying. I don't know. I, I I'm not ready to jump to the oh he'd still okay. win 14 majors where he is. Yeah, like I said I think most of them. But okay, okay, interesting. It's a good debate. It's a good debate for a podcast. You know who'd be a good debate to have it with? Josh Coomden. Dottie Pepper. Yes. Be a good debate to have it with Dottie Pepper. Bring her in. Yeah. All right. We should do that. You have her number. I do. Not name dropping here. Kind of, you, you, you made it sound like a name drop. Well, did I? A little bit. I, we've talked about trying to have her on, though, and we haven't tried. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is what <laughs> we do. Because we're lazy. <laughs> uh, but she would be one who seems likely to maybe participate. Oh, yeah. And so. uh, she'd yeah. be good to have. Yeah. She'd be great to have. A pioneer. She was a pioneer. Did you say what you're reading? That was that was the, the timed read. thing. There yeah, you go. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks for Sorry. paying attention and playing along. I sports distract me. Yeah, I know. You jumped right in. And you're it. listening to Timberlake. Yep. And you're gonna watch Creed. There you go. I was here. I was in the room. It's been great having you here. <laughs> we need better. We need more good guests like your uncle. A better. We need that strong guest like this week. That wanna, was really good. And I want to just throw having this out a here better too. Guest like that. Yeah. And. And your uncle has resonated with a lot of our listeners. A good, good friend of mine who lives in Maryland texted me, I kid you not, this morning mm. and asked if if we were going to support Frida Manchon at her event this this coming weekend, or next weekend. It's December 12th, we Saturday should. night in Albany. Are we doing this? Well, I'm working. Well, not. What about after work? Well, yeah, if it's still going on. But I'm just saying, that's the reach the Frida has. Us, that is the reach Frida has. The two of us are going to walk into a gay bar on a Saturday night at midnight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs>